You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. On Inside Black and Gold, I am Jeff Nowak. Steve Geller is not with us today, but he will be back. He has not gone forever. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to talk about coaches. Coaches and evaluations and and whether that's being done the right way. And, you know, one thing that I know know drives some people nuts is the length of time. The Saints seem to operate at a slower pace than not 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 the entire league. I hear the entire league. That's not true. It's not the slower pace than the entire league, but a slower pace than I'd say a good number of teams who seem very, very antsy to move on from coaches and, and, and whatever. So the Saints, typically speaking, particularly in years like this, where you know, you're know you going into week 18 with a chance to make the postseason. So you're focused on that. That is your focus, right? You know, like I, like I think... Some fans will look at it and say, well, I quit on the season in week 14. So you should have been doing all of this at that point because the season was over. And like, sure, you you can say that, but that's never going to be the case. So like, again, just be real. Let's be realistic about what your expectations are for that. Um, Now, the Saints, typically speaking. And this is what Dennis Allen said this week. And this is what what has happened. The, the, The coaching staff was off this week. Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen were going to be having a lot of conversations, you know, in, in the front office staff, right? Like, I think that's, you know, if you were firing a coach in terms of the head coach, you would have done it this week. Like, that's that's kind of where you're at, I think. I think if the Saints were moving on from Dennis Allen, that's something that would happen this week. And we've seen it, like the Patriots, for example. Like, they, they fired Bill Belichick yesterday. Like, they didn't do it the day, like 12 hours after the season ended, right? Uh uh, Pete Carroll, right? It took a few days. Like these are conversations you have, and you figure it out, and you go from there. And I think that's what would be happening this week if the Saints were firing the head coach. They're not. So this week is more about the head coach, the GM, front office staff, whatever meeting and figuring out some the approach they want to take what they're looking at, how they feel the season went, what what issues cropped up, like all that information, get it all on the table and and come up with a plan for the evaluations and and, and what they want to look the most closely at, stuff like that. 
right? That's happening this week. Next week is when player evaluations, coach evaluations, all that stuff starts. And so you won't see firings until that process gets going. And and I, and I understand like you it's like, well, they should be doing that this week. They should be evaluating all season. I mean, they, you do evaluate throughout the season, but in terms of these end of year evaluations, it is a process they go through. And you can say, this is stupid. Why do they do it this way? No, no, the Panthers are already interviewing player coaches and, and whatnot and, and this team and this team. I would say a few things. One, again, and, and one of the reasons I, 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 I tend to land on a different side from the aggressive social media takedowns of everything the Saints ever do is because, and, 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 if you, and if you understand this about me, you will understand why a lot of my takes are what they are, is that I am pro-person. My takes are going to be grounded in, these are humans who have lives. These are adult human beings with families <laughs> and, and, and this is their livelihood. And I don't think that any kind of perceived competitive imbalance, which is debatable at the very best, uh, should 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 lead you to not treating people humanely and giving them a reasonable evaluation process before you fire them into the sun. Like, I think that's the least you can do. And that's not to say, you know, well, you, you have ideas about what you might be doing. And I think you probably order some of these things like in terms of like, okay, who, who do we look at first? It's probably the, the, the most, the biggest concern you have is the, the first step in that process, right? Your, the last step in that process will be a guy like Darren Rizzi who, you know, you're just lucky to have him. <laughs> like you're not, you're not they're like, this is not a question of, of whether you fire the guy or keep the guy, but it is like, you, you know, you're going to have conversations about what happened and what you can do better. Now, I, I don't have a problem with that personally. And, 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 and keep in mind, like you're talking about a situation where you can't, you couldn't interview a lot of the candidates that you, like, who are the candidates that you'd be looking at? You know, uh, you're, you're not looking at the, the Panthers staff and being like, well, everything went so well there that we desperately want to, to pick at the bones of that coaching staff. Right. So, and at the very, and you might, that, there might be members of that coaching staff that you look at and you say, this is a guy we want, but it doesn't merit. It, not not in the sense that it merits you rushing your process to to do that. And again, like people people keep saying, like, well, this front office is a laughing stock. Well, it's a laughing stock that hasn't had a season with fewer than seven wins since 2000, 2005. Every front office in the NFL, every single front office in the NFL would sign up for that. Every single one. That includes the Super Bowl. That includes two trips to the NFC Championship game. Now, you'd love for more. But, you know, there's a lot of teams with a lot less. You know, there's a lot of teams with a lot less wins. There's a lot of teams with a lot fewer winning seasons. And when your low watermark is seven wins, you got to be doing something right. I mean, that run would be going to college this year. That's how long that run is. It is a adult. It can go to CVS and buy cigarettes. That's how long that run has been going on for. So when you're, when you're looking at it and saying, well, this is a joke. Why do they do things this way? I mean, it's been pretty effective. And, and you can say, well, the, the Dennis Allen coaching search was stupid. Well, the funny thing is like, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I don't like the idea that they stuck with Dennis Allen either. Like I've been pretty vocal about that. Like I don't, I would have loved for them to go a completely different direction. But, 
people at the time were complaining that the process took too long. It's not like they just, they, like they did interview folks. You know, everyone's like, well, I didn't hire Doug Peterson. I don't know, because apparently not that good. <laughs> um, and, you know, finished with the same record as the Saints this year, uh, despite a what, eight and three start. So so I don't necessarily have an issue. And, and part of that's because, you know, the people available right now are from teams that didn't make playoffs. So, you know, it's not like these are these are in demand, you know, like, like, you so you so you look at it, it's like okay well what the majority of the names that you're probably putting on your short list are from teams that made the postseason and you can't interview them yet anyway so it's not like they're gonna take a job this week it's not like anyone's gonna take a job this week you know and and and, and again it's like you can say like that sure you haven't fired anyone yet but that doesn't stop you from planning ahead if you if you have the idea that you might fire someone and you can still drop a line and say to a guy and say hey we're we're looking at you for this so you know, whatever. And, and coaches have no incentive to, to rush their own decisions. Like coaches want the most demand possible. These guys are, you know, it's funny because you look at players and you say they're negotiating for money. You know, who else negotiates for money is the assistant coaches. And that negotiation is actually important. That negotiation is actually, you know, it's a big difference for a guy. If you can get 200 grand more a year at this job versus the other job when you're only making 500 grand. Right, like, like that's to me. Like, I think people don't don't recognize that, and and so I don't necessarily have an issue with the the length of time it takes to decide whether you're gonna keep a coach, move on from him, restructure something. I don't. I genuinely don't. And again, it's partially because I don't know. I kind of feel like these are people, and uh, I don't want to be. Like I'd like to at least be, you know, you know, like people always talk about like success and failure and, and hiring a coach and firing a coach and whatever. There's, there's something to be said for coach for, for having a situation that a coach would want to be in, you know, like who wants to go coach for the Panthers? Right. <laughs> like that's the thing. Oh gosh. But anyway, that's, that's just a long rant on that. But, but again, you know, so you're going to look at it and you're going to say, well, the Saints aren't interviewing this guy. They're not interviewing that guy. And, and they're already interviewing here. I mean, not everyone who gets interviewed for every job is someone the Saints would have interviewed. And now if you're looking at head coaches and you're going to say, well, we want to get a head start on this, that's a much different process. And so, yeah, I think, again, you would have done that this week. But so let's go through the, the coaches, right? We already know Dennis Allen is safe. Even though, like, even Mickey hasn't even said that specifically, but the way he's talking about it makes it pretty clear that, you know, they're talking about getting into the scouting process, right? So Dennis Allen is safe. We can start there. Joe Woods, I think, is is safe. Like, I don't think Joe Woods has done anything but be very personable. I think the team likes him. Not worried about him. We're kind of starting on on the defensive side because I think most members of the defensive side are safe. Michael Hodges is, is probably one of the most underrated coaches on this staff. The only thing I worry about with a guy like Michael Hodges is does he get interviewed for a coordinator position or something like that because he's been that consistent as a linebackers coach. Uh, Marcus Robinson, secondary coach. And again, these are these are guys who are safe in terms of the Saints won't do anything with them. That doesn't mean they won't be they won't be considered for other jobs, right? Like you can get interviewed for promotion. So if any of these guys get a coordinator interview, then it doesn't matter that the Saints want to keep them. They can move on. Um, so, you know, and, and like so Joe Woods, for example – he could technically go interview for a defensive coordinator opening that is a play-calling defensive coordinator opening because he is not a play-calling defensive coordinator. And that's what you kind of ran into last year with Ryan Nielsen where he was the co-defensive coordinator and a 
promotion would have been the defensive coordinator. So keep that in mind. When I say these guys are safe, that doesn't mean they're safe from getting poached. It just means they are safe, in my opinion, in terms of are you going to fire these people? So start with that. So Dennis Allen, Joe Woods, Michael Hodges, Marcus Robinson, guys like, you know, and I'm not going to name every assistant to the assistant, but like Peter Junta, not going anywhere. Darren Rizzi, you know, I think he's, his, he's one of the most highly respected special teams coordinators in the league. He's the assistant head coach for a reason. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I think you're happy to have him. Phil Galliano is, is another example of that. Ronald Curry is a guy who everyone loves. My only question with Ronald Curry, again, like we talk about, we're on to the offense now, is does he get an offensive coordinator job? And are you going to consider elevating him to your offensive coordinator based on what you decide with Pete Carmichael? And I really wish they would. And it's not that and I, I don't have the level of hatred for Pete Carmichael that a lot of people seem to, but man, I just want to see him get a chance and I want to see him get a chance with the Saints. I don't want to see him leave and go coach the Bucks. Right? I don't want to see him show up, you know, on Sean Payton's staff next year, right? Like I, I just wanna I want I I want Ronald Curry to get a chance with the Saints. So hopefully that's something you consider. But you know, if a guy like you bring in a guy like Gruden um, which that's a whole nother can of worms that I'm not going to get into until it's even on the table, really. That that kind of throws a wrench into that, but we'll, we'll see. Then the, the other, these are the guys that I, that I like, you know, and, and I it's tough to say in terms of how their standing is within the coaching staff, but these are guys who were brought in as, as assistants under DA, right? Like they were brought in since DA took over. So in a sense, they were handpicked by him. And have some, and I feel like have support. Now you can question Michael, the Michael Thomas of it all, and how he feels about wide receivers coach Cody Burns. But I think you see the development of young players. You see a guy like At Perry really come on strong at the end of the season. You see Chris Olave take a step forward this year after you know some struggles, but he took a step forward. Rashid Shaheed took a step forward this year, right? Like you, you, you've got a lot of production out of the wide receiver position. And so I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's a young guy. I, I really like his approach. I think he's well liked. I think he's you know he relates to the team a lot better than some of these older guys. And so I, I, I like him in that role. I now that's me. That's me personally. I, I don't know. That could be. That could not be the the resonating uh, tone in the locker room. But I'm gonna go with that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Jari Evans, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions about this offensive line staff. I want Jari Evans to stick around. Um, I don't know if he's ready to be in a, a full offensive line coach, but I do want him to stick around. So, so we'll see. Then guys like Kevin Petrie, DJ Williams, you know, these guys, these are guys that committed to this team last year in terms of, you know, Sean was poaching anyone he could get his hands on. And I know Kevin Petrie for, for sure had, a, had an offer to go coach in Denver and he's decided to stick around. So I don't think you're, you're moving on from them. And these are kind of inconsequential, no offense to these guys, but it's kind of inconsequential and in look in the grand scheme of like, how do you improve the offensive line? It's not going to be by firing Kevin Petrie and DJ Williams who have nothing to do with that. Right. Uh, DJ Williams, I know is really well liked by Derek Carr. You know, they work together. He's an assistant quarterbacks coach or whatever. Uh, this is Doug Williams son. So um, I, I think he's safe. Those are the, those are the safe coaches. 
and I'll, I'll go through them one more time. Dennis Allen, Joe Woods, Michael Hodges, Marcus Robinson, Peter Junta, Darren Rizzi, Phil Galliano, Ronald Curry, Cody Burns, Jerry Evans, Kevin Petrie, DJ Williams. Now, guys I'm on the fence about, and and this is going to be a majority of the guy, and it's like, and I'm not saying fire this guy, fire this guy, fire this guy, but this is the list of coaches that I am going to have to make a decision on, and this evaluation process is going to be important. Some of these are first-year guys. Some of these are long-time guys. The first one, and I know people are going to give me some grief for this, but it's Pete Carmichael. And, you know, offensive coordinator has been here forever. You know, I do think that the offense's performance over the final month of the season, month plus of the season, you know, it definitely it definitely makes you consider bringing him back. Um, I still don't love the idea of another season of Pete Carmichael at offensive coordinator. I don't think he's creative enough. I don't, uh, particularly as an in-game play caller. Although, again, you know, we saw him, we saw the offense improve. We saw them it, it, them make some really strong inroads. At the end of the season, you put up 48 points in, in week 18, something I wouldn't have told you was possible. Uh, if you go back to like week three, right? Back when they, you know, we had that run of like 20 points or less scored, you know? So, uh, you know, he, he gave him credit for that. Um, I do think he adjusts well. I think he's a solid coach. Like that's the thing about Pete Carmichael is I can I can have I can I have, I'm of two minds. One is that I think he is a good coach and he's a good facilitator and he's a good game planner. I don't think he is a good person to be the rock star leader of an offense, which is what you have to be when you have a defensive head coach. So when I say I'm on the fence about it, I'm not on the fence that I think you do need to make a change at offensive coordinator and. In the very least, offensive coordinator, and as it pertains to play calling, I wouldn't hate to keep Pete Carmichael around in some role. I really wouldn't. I, I think that he is an invaluable asset, and I think that's part of the reason you still have him because he is a valuable asset. Now, what happens if you demote Pete Carmichael and you put someone else as offensive coordinator, and then suddenly he could potentially go? be Sean's offensive coordinator. That's a whole other question. But for me personally, I am not basing my decisions off of whether I want to hamstring Sean Payton. I moved on. My decisions cannot be based around that. So to me, that's that's the question. And I, I would love to see them make an adjustment, maybe do co-offensive coordinators, something. But I do want to see this team make some changes on offense. So he's my first one and he's my biggest one. Kevin Carberry. Now, the offensive line, it's tough. I don't know. You know, it's always tough to look at it and say, this guy did this, this guy did this, because they have different roles, right? Like, like Zach Streif was always, you know, when it was Zach Streif um, previously, you know, he would be the guy working with the young players and Doug Marone working with the older players. So I don't know how they've split that up with Kevin Carberry, but I am going to look at him independently of Doug Marone and say, what have you done? And again, and Jari Evans in the same way, but I know I'm not getting rid of Jari and, and say, okay, how has this gone? How have the players received it? How, what is the perception of his job as a coach? And then, you know, I, I potentially move on from him. Clancy Barone, tight ends coach. I like Clancy. I think Clancy sticks around. I have him on this list just because I think you have to, when you see Jawan Johnson, you see your tight end uh, kind of disappear for the first half of the season. It's like, well, why was that? Was it all injury related or was there something else there? What Was the coaching good enough? I think he probably sticks around. I think Clancy Barone is a guy who you trust, you know, and and he's he's got a lot of pelts on the wall, right? Uh, and and so I, I think when you say on the fence, I'm leaning to the right side of the fence on this one. I think Clancy comes back. But I do think as a first-year head coach and, 
in charge of a position that I think very much underachieved for a good chunk of this season. You have to look at it and 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 consider whether that went the way you hoped. Um, running backs coach Joel Thomas. Now, I know there's a lot of appreciation for Joel Thomas in this in this locker room, and he's been doing the job for a while. But I do think this is a season where you look at it and you say, is is he the culture bearer, the culture standard for our locker room, or is this just a holdover from the Sean Payton days? And if your goal is to get younger and start moving on from some of these veteran players, maybe the running backs coach is one you look at. Now, I know he's very popular with Alvin Kamara, but how is he popular with Kendra Miller? How has he worked with some of these younger guys, right? The run game coordinator, because the run game wasn't good enough this year. I think Alvin's still talented enough to get the job done, but the run game in a lot of ways was not good enough. So how do you, how do you gauge the run game coordinator, which Joel Thomas is, as you're figuring that out? And so that's my question. I think you bring Joel Thomas back, but I don't think it's a guarantee you bring Joel Thomas back. A couple more uh, on the fence. Todd Grantham. Again, I think this is another guy that you're you're leaning on the right side of it. But again, this is like, how did it go? Right? Because the pass rush wasn't what we needed it to be for a majority of the season. And then as you look at it, okay, Brian Young, pass rush specialist. Okay, so if the offensive if the defensive line and the pass rush was not good enough for a majority of this season, then you have to look at the coaching and say, was this good enough? Did this get the job done? So I think both of these guys probably do come back. But I look at that and say, these are serious questions that I need to answer, right? And this is the process. And again, this is the evaluation process. This is how you figure that out. This is why you do it. You're not making these kind of knee-jerk decisions. You're going through it and you're figuring it out. Um, now, those are the fo- coaches I'm on the fence about. And I just think there's only one coach on this staff that I think I would be stunned, stunned to see come back and it's partially about the the work itself it's it's partially about development it's partially about whatever it's partially about the fact that you know you're talking about a uh you know 60 year old dude uh it's Doug Marone you know I, I just don't think to me you look at a second year player who's a first round pick that seems to be developing backwards. That seems to not be not something something's not resonating there with Trevor Penning. And and I think when Mickey Loomis talked about that this week, and so it, here's what he had to say. I would suspect that this will be a very important offseason for Trevor Penning. No? Yes? Yeah, absolutely it's a, it's an important offseason for him. And yeah, he, we've got to we've got to give him we've got to put him in the situation to be successful. You know, we've got to help him with his development. His confidence. He's got the ability to be a, a, a really good player in our league, but we've got to enable that by giving, putting him in the right environment, uh, giving him the right development, and uh, we'll do that. We will do that. But you see players come in from from smaller schools who've maybe been, you know, had you know, not big fish in a small pond, but something like that, and they have some success early, and then they have you know some time struggling, and it, it is a confidence thing, right? I mean, you must have seen this before with players that have kind of been in that situation and kind of how to get out of it, how, how to develop them out of it. Yeah, it, well, it's a lot of things. And and look, in Trevor's case, look, he did come from a smaller school. I wouldn't say it was a small school, it was a smaller school. But he, look, he had some success playing against against better competition. 
I, I think the biggest uh, issue for us was, man, he was hurt um, half of his first season. He didn't have a, a real off season this last year. And so he's behind in development, but it's not really his fault. It wasn't his fault that he got hurt. It wasn't his fault that this off season he was unable to, to do the things that you normally get to do going into your second year. And so we probably threw him out there a little too soon and, and uh, it was unfair. And so we've got to get that corrected. To me, that sounds like a pretty strong indictment on the coaching. And, you know, if you want to clean house entirely on the offensive line staff, maybe you do that, right? If that's Doug Marone and Kevin Carberry, because you feel like these things are intertwined and you can't separate them, you can't extricate that in any way, then sure, do that. But personally, I think you could just say, hey, we want to rebuild this staff a little bit in terms of the leader of it and maybe keep the pieces underneath him. Unless that guy says, hey, I want to bring in my own guys. But I think when you talk about there's an eject button and you've already got your finger hovering over it, Doug Marone is that guy. But yeah, so I mean, I think you, you do more than that. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that's the only change you make, but that's the one I can say confidently right now that I think is is, is a is as close to a sure thing as, as you're going to find in this, in this uh, situation. But all right, that's it. That's the end of this podcast. Thanks everyone who stuck around. We'll be doing a lot more of these kind of off season topics. I want to get into some early mock drafts. I want to get into some tier rankings of players in terms of, you know, core players, uh, young players who are starters, young players who are developing into starters, who's on the trade market. I also have kind of a, a broad based like off season plan for what I want to do in terms of how I would manage this roster going into next season with some of the information we know. So I want to get into that in one of these episodes. But until then, thank you, everyone who listens to Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow the show on Twitter at Saints underscore pod. And you can check out the latest news notes and analysis on WWL.com. But until then, who dat? Go Saints. It's the offseason, baby. Woo! Easy, y'all. Peace.